The sweet aromas of the apple fritter, cinnamon roll, and blueberry muffin are hard to resist. So making it the rest of the way home without reaching in your McDonald's bag is no easy task. But nothing worth doing is easy. Wake up and pair any one of these sweet, fluffy, frittery bakery treats with a McCafe iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. The sweet aromas of the apple fritter, cinnamon roll, and blueberry muffin are hard to resist. So making it the rest of the way home without reaching in your McDonald's bag is no easy task. But nothing worth doing is easy. Wake up and pair any one of these sweet, fluffy, frittery bakery treats with a McCafe iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Welcome into another edition of Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. I'm Baxter Colburn. I'm Simon Provan. How are we doing, Simon? I'm doing great, Baxter. How about yourself? I'm doing well, especially because I found out this morning that the park by my house finally put up the nets for soccer. Nice. I'm so excited. I've been waiting and hoping for the last like month when the when Wisconsin has been toying with us, whether or not it's right. you know, summer or winter I've, still. I've called it winter two. Basically, that's what it feels Second like. Second winter. Yeah, I, I dropped my wife off at work this morning and uh, drove by the park and I was like... I saw the beautiful, brand new white nets put on the soccer nice. field, and I was like, I've got a date with you later. So well, I'm speaking of sports, I'm doing something a little different myself this summer. I saw summer. that. What are you, tell, tell me. Well, yeah, How did well, this come, come to be? It's, <laughs> I, ne- I would not have pegged you as this. No. Well, um, nor did my daughter Bethany, and I'll get to that in a second. So <laughs> my oldest daughter, she played soccer for one season when she was about five. She sure. didn't care for playing at all, as we've talked about before on the show. Her loss. Um, she recently discovered, not recently, for the past couple of summers, she's been playing softball. Oh, okay. And she's been really enjoying it, and I've been enjoying going to the games. Sure. It's a faster-paced I, game than baseball. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've made the comment to my wife at a couple of games of, I'm so glad I'm not coaching. I... I, I respect the game of baseball, and actually, when the Brewers do well, I can see how baseball is an exciting sport. Sure, so, um, but I had said to my wife, I, I, I have no, I would no, have no idea how to coach this team. <laughs> well, I see where this is going. Yeah. So recently, we realized that. Uh, the coach that she had last summer, mm-hmm. he's going to be spread very thin, so he's not coaching this summer. Ah. So I put in on the form for registration that, yeah, I'll help out with coaching pending my schedule. Sure, sure. Make a long story short, I'm the newest head coach hey. of her. So, so if you play baseball or softball and you have some <laughs> tips for me, please send us a message at our uh, oh, Two Up Front no. Facebook page or email us at our uh, Two Up Front I'm going to have to come to games just to watch you coach now. Hey, well, you know me, Baxter. I'm going to dive into this. I'm oh, going to read you books. Are. I'm going to You're going to fully immerse yourself. I just I don't want to look like I don't want to look like that guy that knows nothing about soccer sure. and it's very obvious he knows nothing about soccer. Like I don't the, like yeah. is it Will Ferrell and kicking and screaming <laughs> right, I think yeah. something like that. Yeah. The I, ma- half calf's not a bad idea though. I may go with the uh, the half calf. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Well, we'll have to see exactly what happens. We're going to have to follow this over the summer and see yes. how the team yeah, is doing. We'll have to have a with, small yeah. exclusive like softball segment <laughs> be like, "All right, Simon, what's happening on the diamond today?" <laughs> well, and so this was the thing with Bethany is we were driving to pick 
my older daughter Grace up from uh, from school, and I said, "Hey, Bethany, guess what? I, you know, I've been coaching you in soccer." Yeah, I said, "Well, I'm I'm going to be coaching Grace in softball now too." And Bethany goes, "But Daddy, you don't know anything about <laughs> softball." <laughs> I love a child's honesty. That is the best. Yes, it is. I'm glad she believes, she believes in you, though. You know? Yes, yes. Like, what are you doing, Dad? <laughs> right. Like, well, thanks. <laughs> yeah, so, so that's where I'm at. I'm excited to see what happens with that. I think that'll be, that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, we want to take a minute, though, to thank everybody as well for tuning in to Two Upfront uh, last Friday on Sports Radio America. You shattered our previous records that we had not only on the network, but uh, our, our per-episode record as well. Uh, we topped over 1,000 listens for the show, and uh, we just want to... Sp- uh, extend a special thank you to all of you for tuning in and uh, we hope that you enjoyed what you listened to and please tell your friends as well about it you can find us on Sports Radio America on Fridays from 2 to 5 Eastern Time and you can actually get us on demand on their site as well they go and cut up all the uh, segments that we do during the show and you can catch each individual segment as well if you like a certain thing that we did you know, like we said feel free to share it with your friends we had Christine Naren on last week from the Washington Spirit a lot of fun to chat with her if you want to yell at people and say hey look Baxter and Simon their power rankings wrong and you know you should listen to how <laughs> foolish these guys are that's fine tell them you know spread the word tell people about how good or, or not we are at certain things that we do on the show yeah but that was such exciting news when Sports Radio America emailed us and said hey guys congratulations mm-hmm. over a thousand listeners last week now that was in conjunction with the ABA championships yes. with which are exclusive to uh, Sports Radio America and what you spent some time covering down in Texas I did it was a lot of fun I got to go there Tuesday through Sunday down in Laredo, Texas, and uh, it was very, very interesting in terms of the, the location. The, the arena that we got to do the games in was beautiful, the Laredo Energy Arena, so I had a lot of fun there, and Sports Radio America was very accommodating as well, so the blast. Yeah, so, but thank you so much for uh, helping us grow in our first week of being truly exclusive to Sports Radio America. Yes. We're not publishing our show live anymore uh, because we want to we want to see what happens if we just go exclusive with, with Sports Radio America. Exactly. And boy, the first week couldn't ask for better results. No, not at all. So we're hoping to continue to ride the, the coattails of that and continue to build our brand. Yeah, so make sure... You are tuning in to us on Sports Radio America, 1 p.m. on Fridays at Central Time, 2 p.m. Eastern. Again, Fridays at SportsRadioAmerica.com. You will find all the links that you need to uh, to listen to us. Yes, indeed. You can also find it on the TuneIn app as well. That's how I usually go through and listen if I'm on the go. You can go just to the, download the TuneIn app and search for Sports Radio America and uh, listen live right there as well. All right. Uh, aside from that, though, Simon, we are on Facebook and all that fun stuff as well at Two Up Front and on uh, Two Up Front at Two Up Front Soccer as well. Yes, Twitter. for Twitter, and of course, we've got our own Twitter handles at Baxter Colburn at Simon Proven, and as you said on Facebook, just search for Two Up Front, and we're we're growing there as well, close to four hundred likes. We'd we love to darn keep that close. growing. Darn close. What did we? I thought we had set a goal. Was it five hundred by Copa America? That was the goal. I yes. think something yes. like that. We we got plenty of time. We do plenty of so time. So thank you for those of you who have liked the page. Yes. Uh, you know, it's such a simple. Thing it doesn't cost you anything to like the page. Tell your friends to like the page. Basically, what it does is it helps us with advertisers, helps us get Sports Radio America, Sports, well, both Sports Radio America, <laughs> but two up front uh, out there to a more diverse audience as well. Yes. So, we're just asking you to like that page in this time and age of social media. Those likes mean something. They really do. They really, really do. Uh, one other thing we want to make mention of, I know we've got so many things we're mentioning here. We have a poll question. If you go to sportsradioamerica.com and click on our show page, the two up front, look for the big two up front logo. We have a poll question this week that we think uh, you will get a kick out of. Uh, it's something we've talked about on the show over and over and over and over again. 
and uh, we finally want to hear what you folks think about it. Uh, the question this week is, Jurgen Klinsmann should be fired if... Dot, 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 and the options are the U.S. doesn't get out of their Copa America group, which I think would be a good reason for it. The U.S. fails to qualify for the World Cup, also very interesting. Uh, the U.S. fails to advance to the round of 16 in the World Cup. We'd have to wait a couple years for that, obviously. Right. And my favorite, and obviously for good reason, Simon's favorite... Because Simon says so, which I think is so far leading the way with 100% of the votes so far. So uh, go and vote for that, sportsradioamerica.com uh, slash shows. I think two up front is the best way that you can find it. So uh, we're going to jump across over to Europe first before we get going on. Uh, later on in the show, San Jose Earthquakes' Fataya Lashe will be here with us. Yeah, Simon had first, a chance. Our first MLS act. Sorry, Baxter. No, you're fine. Our, our first MLS active, active MLS player yes. is what I'm trying to say, that we talked to on this show, which is really exciting and uh, yeah, we'll have that later in the show as well. But there's so much we want to talk about across the pond. So, so much. That, uh, yeah, the little, the little engine it. that could, Leicester City, continues to roll on. They are doing a good job. They're still in first place, even though Tottenham is doing everything in their power to try to be pesky if they can. Leicester, 72 points. They've played 33 games. Tottenham, 65 points. They've also played 33 and the uh, the race to the final end is very close. But Leicester City, regardless if they win the title, they have already qualified officially for the Champions League. Yes, for they next have. Year. What a what how a crazy Cinderella is that? story! You know, I read a great article uh, recently about how Leicester City is is the best team in England. England pretending to be a Cinderella. Well, that's the thing. I mean, are they a Cinderella? I mean, I feel like they are. I feel like any team that I mean, they were any they were fighting relegation of, last. They were last any team season. that wasn't one of the. It's not the big six. I feel like is would ever be considered even Everton. If you at times, if this was Everton doing this well, I think some folks would be like, "Well, Everton's the Cinderella this year because they're they're on that cusp of being in the the big five, the big six. But as you know, as an Everton fan, I'm sure that there's been issues and they haven't always been able to. To hit that level underwhelming these last two seasons yes Everton. Oh, I would agree with you on that one so now Leicester they've won 21 games they've drawn nine they've only lost three games this year unbelievable yeah it's it's really and that's the thing that's crazy is is only losing three games uh to um to be at the top of the Premier League yeah five thousand to one odds is what they were at before the season started Incredible. to win the, now yes they could still lose it but just for the fact that they qualified for Champions League Leicester City yeah. is going to be in the UEFA Champions they're League. gonna get a chance to possibly play teams like Barcelona Real Madrid Bayern Munich teams that traditionally beat up on little guys like Leicester City that qualify for the tournament so I, I'm curious to see I mean I know they inked Jamie Vardy he'll be back again for a couple more years and uh, I hope that the team uh, gets a little extra cash flow in this off season as well, so they can because they're going to need to spend some money they if they are. want to be competitive. Absolutely, and and the thing to keep in mind is they haven't qualified for the group stages as of yet. Yes, they're on their way to. They them. I mean, obviously they haven't outright won the Premier League yet. Correct, correct. And if Manchester City ends up winning Champions League, yes, uh, and if Liverpool ends up winning Europa League, then they are guaranteed yep. spots in the Champions League. Uh, and it doesn't... So so the thing is, some people said, well, if that's the case, you know, will, will the same thing happen to Leicester that happened to Tottenham when Tottenham qualified but mm-hmm. yet were knocked down because of the way the results sure. ended up landing? That will not happen. Leicester is in the Champions League. Yes, it's already been officially announced across all media platforms. And I found it interesting, too, ESPN FC asking the question on their page today, is Jamie Vardy the player of the year. I feel like at this point, I mean, I know his, from a statistical standpoint, he has gone down a little bit in terms of the goals that he scored. He came out really hot off the gate and just completely took EPL by storm. 
he's still been a very consistent player and even I think like the England player of the year if you're looking for someone that encompasses English football for the year Jamie Vardy is that guy yeah you know the cool thing about Vardy too is the story of Leicester this season yeah kind of follows the story of Vardy you know here was a guy who kind of came out of nowhere and now yeah, uh, he's literally nowhere <laughs> right uh you know he played in the the lower tiers of English football for for a while yep. and Joins up with Leicester City, one of the worst teams last year in the league. And now look at him. You know, Vardy is on top of the world. Leicester City's on top of the world. Well, at least on top of England. Exactly. Yeah. And well, Vardy had gone a couple of games too without scoring a goal, but now he's scored four goals in the last five games uh, overall in terms of uh, between international play and league play as well. He just got a double against Sunderland the other day to propel them to a 2 0 victory over Sunderland. So he's scoring goals. He's got 21 on the year. Probably the the clear choice. I don't know who else you would pick to be your player of no, the year, honestly. Yeah, at this point, no. So congratulations, uh, you know, though, to Jamie Vardy. And a little bit on the flip side here is Manchester United may not even qualify for Europa League at this point. Manchester they're, United should get relegated. Well, they're They a, just should. They're only a point ahead of West Ham, and West Ham's been looking pretty decent. So if there it, ever a year to cheer for West Ham, cheer yes, for those hammers yes. this so, year. So it's it's... It's pretty evident that a United will be in Europe from England, but it's I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up being West Ham United. Exactly, and that's the thing United. too that I that I'm bothered by. And I know this is the whole promotion relegation. They should do the playoffs. Blah blah blah. We don't have that kind of time to get into this, but that's the one thing that I get always bothered by in the EPL is it's always the same six or seven sure. or eight teams cycling through those top five spots. Well, and that's what makes Leicester City exactly. The story and that's why so I'm clinging on to Leicester this year. Uh, hopeful. Maybe West Ham sneaks in. Liverpool and Southampton, they would need a lot right to... Well, the way Man United's been playing, they have an opportunity. Liverpool's got two games in hand. Well, they've got one game in hand over United, so eh, maybe. But maybe we don't know if the Klopp cam will be able to, to do things with that. So switching over to Europa and Spe- Champions League. Yeah, speaking of Liverpool, so... Um Last game that Liverpool played in Europa League was against Klopp's former club, Borussia Dortmund. Ended up being a 1-1 draw in Borussia. So hmm. this, but what was exciting about this is uh, obviously Klopp returns home yes, to Klopp. his German club, and uh, they had a Klopp cam. Oh my <laughs> lord! How do you have? What is exactly? What does a Klopp cam do? I don't know if you remember when. Beckham can I buy for, a Klopp cam? I, maybe I don't know. I know. Can I but look can, at it you on YouTube? Least... Is it like the Eagle cam in DC <laughs> right. where you can watch the baby? Eagles, the baby like Christian Pulisic, like sprouting up. I can right, see him. Right, like, oh, yeah. look, he's so cute. Well, you know, the MLS did the same thing with, or rather, ESPN did the same thing when Beckham came to True. MLS. They the had Beckham the Beckham cam. cam. That's right. I remember watching that game. That uh, but uh, but a good result for Liverpool, one one in that leg at Borussia. So they've set themselves up well to advance to the semifinals of the Europa League. And so Liverpool may not be doing the best in the Premier League, but I think Klopp has a lot of prioritization. On the Europa League tournament. Yeah. You know, he even came out and said, this gives us the opportunity to win something. And I think that's what he's looking to do first and foremost, is get some silverware in that trophy case. That, I'd agree. That has been neglected. Yeah, I would agree with you on that By one, such I mean. a storied club on top of that. <sighs> so uh, we're, we're unfortunately doing the show at a time in which the game, the return leg will happen afterwards. Yes. Um, which is... Uh, so that taking place, I mean, we're recording this on Wednesday, so it'll take place tomorrow. It'll have right. taken place yesterday if you're listening to it on Friday. So depending on how that return leg goes at Liverpool, uh, maybe we'll have time to talk about the uh, the return league on our next show. Next Hopefully, week. yeah. I mean, we'll, we're going to obviously have to update everything as we go forward. I know the Champions League draw is this Friday, uh, barring what happens with the matches that are taking place today, which uh, I think are going to be 
interesting to say the least. I don't really project too much happening. Although, if there were ever a game where a team could possibly pull an upset, is the Benfica Bayern Munich game because Bayern Munich is missing three of their important defenders. One of which, whose name is escaping me, forgot his passport. How do you forget your passport? You are a professional player playing in a professional tournament. You travel Europe for your profession. You yes. need that one little book that will get you everywhere in Europe. How do you forget your passport? I don't know, but can you, not can you imagine him either was at the you know the airport, the border, oh wherever it was, gosh. and he's going, oh my goodness. How do you not? Every time I leave the house, I check my for my wallet, for my keys, and for my cell phone. Every time I leave the house. I can't say, Baxter. I, I'm terrible with uh, with my wallet. I'm terrible with my keys. My wife can attest to all of that. <laughs> In fact, my mother-in-law bought me a key finder. <laughs> there you go. See, she's got your back. I love that. I, I don't know. I don't know if Benfica's yeah. got enough in their arsenal to, to beat Bayern Munich. Uh, Bayern Munich, as we know, is just such a, a dangerous, dangerous team. Uh, they won 1-0, so they, they don't have as big of a, a deficit to climb if you're Benfica. It's not like a, a Wolfsburg who were 2-0 over Real Madrid. So Benfica have an opportunity. It's still Bayern Munich, though. It's still Bayern Munich. It would be his, uh, a historic upset should Benfica take down Bayern Munich. Yeah, I, I don't know. I would love to see it just for the fact of I think it would be it would make for some really great uh you know, some good media, you know, coverage obviously to see Benfica knock down a giant and the the rumor right now though too is that since Manchester City won, which we can get to in a moment, they uh they won their get their their match one nil, thanks to Kevin De Bruyne, uh that if Bayern Munich win and Man City, now that they've won, that the the soccer gods would make it happen, that they would get drawn to play each other in the semifinals, so that way uh, Pellegrini, the man on his way out, would have to face Guardiola, the man coming in. Right, of course, of just course. Because that's just how it would happen That's to work, how it would happen, right. Which would also probably mean that the uh, La Liga giants would have to face each other as well, because we don't have enough of El Clasico over the years. Speaking of the the uh, La Liga giants, my goodness, Ronaldo, beast mode as, as one... Outfit what a terrific stated. performance from him. A hat trick. He so Wolfsburg comes into the game up two nothing and within two minutes, not two minutes of the game, but in the I believe it was the seventeenth and nineteenth minutes, Ronaldo scores two yes. goals. Yes, it was absolutely incredible. And if there is one player aside from Lionel Messi that we would assume that would do that in a short amount of time, Ronaldo is the guy to do that. I mean he looked angry he last, did. last night. He, he looked, looked angry and he, he put that Anger in the right place with a hat trick. So he's he... the wrong guy to be to make mad, honestly. I mean, because he'll he'll physically show it. I don't think Messi's the type of guy that is going to show his anger. I feel like he's just too calm and collected. But yeah, Messi is the guy who, if he's mad, he is gonna. You're gonna know. You're gonna see it on his face. He's very much an actor. I feel like he does a little extra embellishment for sure, the camera as sure, well at home. Sure, but uh, and you know, Messi, he's good at hiding stuff, including his income and all that but uh, activation <laughs> but you have, when we were talking before the show you wanted to make mention though of the first goal and how disappointed you were there's you no were- reason absolutely no reason the i mean if you've seen the video if you've seen the highlights i mean you have to credit you know you as a as a forward as a coach i'm sure you would have been like hey you did your job, Ronaldo. You've crashed the box. You followed the shot. That's exactly what you're supposed to do. But I believe it was Marcelo that whipped that ball in from the right side. He had four Wolfsburg guys in front of him. Not one, not two, not three. Four players in between him and Ronaldo. Some of that ball got through all four Wolfsburg's players. And Ronaldo was like, oh, look, dink, tapped it in, goal. 
Yeah, you there's give, no excuse you, for that. You give a player of the cal- of of that caliber that opportunity, it's going to go in the goal every maybe time. Maybe somebody else, yeah, of a lower caliber misses, maybe. Sure. Or even a guy like maybe Benzema might not have made that, but a guy like Ronaldo who was playing possessed going into that night, and I feel like he and Zidane probably had a little chat before the game saying, look, we're down 2-0, we're going to feed you, and we're going to feed you, and we're going to feed you. We're at home, the fans are going to get behind you, we're going to go crazy, and sure enough. That's what it is. That yeah. was that's a magical performance. But that as I but as I told you though too, off air, Ronaldo after the game saying, Yeah, it wasn't my best game. Yeah, wouldn't Which you is love, scary. wouldn't you love to score a hat trick <laughs> in a Champions scary. League game and go, Yeah, it was okay. Now again, going back to your point, you wonder if that's just some of the uh, theatricality exactly. of Ronaldo. A little bit, I feel like. Uh, but in the other game, we were talking about Man City taking down Paris Saint-Germain. This is the first time, I don't know if you realize this, Baxter, this is the first time a Premier League club is in the semifinal since 2012. Wow. 2012. Okay. So Man City representing the Premier Good League. Good for them. Uh, they came into this game tied 2-2. Two to two. Of course, Man City had those two away goals. But Kevin De Bruyne... Beautiful goal. Curves, again, going, talk about slicing through some players. Yeah. I think it curved through three or four uh, St. Germain players into the uh, right left side of the net. It was a beautiful goal, beautiful strike that he, he collected with his left foot, cut it in, struck it with his right foot, bam, into the goal. Man City going on to the semifinals of UEFA Champions And League. I feel like from the World Cup now to where he is, I feel like he still is horribly underrated. Horribly underrated. Yeah, I agree. You know... I mean, the outside added, world, yes, but but he is the most expensive player ever in Man City history. He is, Eighty-five yes. million dollars. So in, in that regards, I understand. Like folks are like, well, obviously, like he's a good player, but worldwide, if you're looking at a, if you're going to tell somebody, hey, tell me about a world class outside midfielder, I don't know how many people immediately go to Kevin De Bruyne. That's true. You know? Although that goal last night will help with that. Oh, I agree. I completely agree. I mean, he he got an eight point five match rating according to WhoScored.com last night. Uh, the best on the team. So congratulations to him. I'm a little surprised though Aguero missing that penalty kick as well. Mm. So Manchester City had an opportunity to win this game two nil, and Aguero missed it. Aguero's been a whole other type of player. I feel like recently, but yes. uh, missing that penalty kick in the 29th minute, and then. Uh, Finally, De Bruyne, though, with that goal in the 75th minute. So he got it back for him. He did. And De Bruyne, you, you almost wonder how do, does he feel for uh, Wolfsburg, his, his former club. I was going to say, I'm like, that's his former club right there. I, I don't know. That's always one of the things you wonder about, too. I mean, I'm glad that he left Wolfsburg for a, a bigger opportunity, especially with a team that I feel like, not that he wasn't appreciated at Wolfsburg, but I feel like at Manchester City, he is the focal point of what's going on because... They're just looking for anybody right now that's going to step up. They are. And listen, in reality, it's a bigger club. You know, great run for Wolfsburg in the Champions League, but it doesn't get much bigger than Man City at this point. I agree. All right, we're going to go to a break. When we come back, our NWSL Spotlight will be here. We're going to take a look at the upcoming season, talk about the new website, and the U.S. women doing some crazy things to the old poor Columbia. We'll talk about that and more when we come back on Two Up Front on Sports Radio America.
Welcome back inside the studio for another edition of Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. I'm Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. All right, Simon, switching over to the women's game now, NWSL. We've had uh, an opportunity to speak with so many amazing women and coaches as well here on the program. And uh, we don't have a, an interview this week, but we've got some uh, some ones in the pan for the upcoming weeks as well that we're excited to talk about. But uh, this coming weekend, though, is opening weekend for the NWSL. Uh, we, when we talked with Jim Gabra from the Washington Spirit, he's like, the offseason is way too long, <laughs> way too long. And I agree with him. I feel like women's soccer hasn't played in a long, long time, honestly. So right. I'm glad no, they're finally back. And, it, you know, it basically all comes down to money. It does. They, they, they've got the budgets that they have for as long of a season as they can have. But as as Christine Naren had mentioned mm-hmm. in your interview, a lot of these women love going down to Australia and playing that in seems the offseason. To be. Yeah, that seems to be. And I, I, I'm assuming the uh, the Women's Premier League in England must play at the same time as the NWSL. That's why people aren't going there, I'm assuming. That'd be a good thing to investigate. I, I do believe, I, I believe, I, I believe, I do that's, believe that's what it is. Yeah, because I see different things on social media from those teams at the same time now as NWSL. So, but yeah, Australia seems to be the the hot button area for the for the off seasons for the respective uh organizations, I guess. Right. Well, speaking of seasons and whatnot, entering year four. So yes. this is... Wow. Why is that so important? Because the other two previous professional soccer leagues in with women's soccer that were Division One in the States each lasted only three seasons. Mm. So this is a major, major hurdle to get to year four that they've gotten over. So, uh, again, this weekend, year four in the NWSL kicks off. So it kicks off with 10 clubs this year, started with eight three years ago. Um, you know, it is the the best league in the world for women's soccer. Oh, no, no question about it. I mean, you talk about the ladies that are in this game. I mean, if we had to, we always talk about this, if we had to put the men's comparisons over towards what we have in NWSL, basically, like if we were to put a league together, I mean, you would have possibly guys like Ronaldo and Messi and Muller and Benzema and Zidane, possibly. Like, if you're looking for guys like that or Xavi or guys like that, too, to, to put into the same league, basically, Absolutely. all playing at the same time, that's kind of what NWSL is. And I'm sure there's many more comparisons that you could make, but just to give you a general idea. Like, these ladies are the best. The teams here are incredible. The coaching is top-notch. It's really an exciting league to watch. And you know, I, There's only 10 teams if you're looking for a negative. Sure. Yeah, unfortunately. But, but but it started with eight. Exactly. It they've hasn't expanded. gone down to six. Exactly. And they've expanded every season. Uh, they added the Houston Dash last year, and they added Orlando this year. Uh, there's some mullings about other teams, but eh, one year at a time right now. Yeah, and you got to take it careful in the beginning with yeah. the fledgling league. Don't you get too really crazy. Do. Um, you look at the early years of MLS, they did expand again too fast where they ended up having to shut down one of their expansion teams, Miami Fusion, and yep. one of their originals, the Tampa Bay Mutiny. Of course, now they're back in Florida, and what a success story. Orlando City has been, and that Crazy. is that is where the expansion's happening this season yep. with the Orlando Pride. So the Orlando City um, owners did buy into the NWSL. They are now uh, they have their own women's team, the why Orlando not? Pride. Yeah, why not? And they uh, they take on their first game against my favorite team, the Portland Thorns. Hmm. Uh, that, so that's and how do you feel about that? Well, it's exciting. You know, it's it's pretty great that Alex Morgan, who was with. Portland is now playing with Orlando, and I think it's smart of the of the league to pit those two teams against each other for I this agree. kickoff weekend. Exactly, and no, I, I agree with you on that one. I I don't officially identify with any team. I would maybe have to say the Chicago Red Stars. I I, I used to cover the Seattle Rain early on, uh, just for you know, cover them for a couple months uh, when they about two years ago or so. Um, 
so I was kind of identifying with the Seattle Rain for a while and cared more about what they were doing. But uh, Chicago Red Stars, I, I really liked what they did last season, and they've got some exciting players like Julie Johnson and Kristen Press, and they're also right in my backyard, so I can go take an hour drive down to Chicago and check out a game. Yeah, absolutely. We will, and we've been talking about yeah, getting down there and hopefully covering this game. Hopefully, uh, covering a game down there. I think one big thing that a lot of folks are going to look at, and you look at this in any sports. Anytime you have a champion, you know, can they can they repeat? But this season, we're looking: can FC Kansas City repeat? They've won the league the last two seasons against the Seattle Rain. So there's two different storylines going into this season. Will the can- FC Kansas City continue to dominate the way they have, and can Seattle finally get over that hump? Right, and on top of that, Seattle has won the, I believe they call it the Commissioner's Cup in the NWSL. Yes. They've won that uh, back-to-back, so they want to translate that now into a championship. The Shield? Uh, in, in yes. The, 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 yes, the Shield. But as Chris Brakely says, it's just a piece of paper in a in a box or whatever. But both you don't get these... to keep the trophy. <laughs> right. So stupid. Budgets! Make Budgets another trophy! How expensive can they be? I will make you one. You heard it here, folks. Baxter Colburn. He's going to make the NWSL. Metal craftsman. I will weld a trophy for the NWSL supporter shield. I will put some Sharpies and some... I'll go into the shop and just... Well, going back to uh, the teams here, (laughs) what I'm interested to see is with FC Kansas City and Seattle Rain duking this out, is there going to be another club that actually sneaks in there? Well, that's what Chicago was last year. But I think Orlando, I think the league is hoping that Orlando is that team this year because you put a couple stars like Ashlyn Harris, you put... uh, Caitlin Kyle on there. You put Alex Morgan on there as well. It certainly opens the door for an opportunity. But at the same time, Leanna Sand- uh, Sanderson as well. Uh, there's some really intriguing ladies on this Orlando team that could make them be a high-flight team. But at the same time, I'm also curious to know if these teams that have been quieter, like the Spirit, like the Flash, Sky Blue, Boston, even Houston at times a little bit as well, are they going to finally get over this hump? And I know every every league has to have a bad team. You know, there's there's ten teams. Someone's going to come in last place this season. I I know that's going to be the right. case. But as we've mentioned, and I know the league is still small, so I'm trying not to be too critical about that right now as well. But similarly, what we see with the Premier League as well, are we going to see some different teams in the top four? That's why I think when Chicago did as well as they did last season, everybody was like, "Ooh, Chicago, who are you? Sure. Where have you been?" It's well, nice to see not Seattle or not Portland. Well, and I was actually going to bring this back to Portland. I wonder if if the Thorns may end up being that team if they're going to be overlooked. Well, I think they may get overlooked, and they're going to take advantage of that. You know, they they brought in Mark Parsons sure. um, to replace Paul Riley, who's now with the Western New, Western New mm-hmm. York Flash. Uh, he's brought in some great players. Of course, there was the trade that happened with Alex Morgan to Orlando Pride, but with that, they've got Lindsey Horan, they've got Klingenberg at, as a uh, defender, a, you know, one of the stalwarts in the game. Uh, nice rookie in Emily Sonnet, who's been spending a lot of time with yeah. the U.S. Women's National Team. So we'll see, and they also have... Uh, 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 Raquel Rodriguez, who plays for Costa Rica and has been scoring goals like crazy for them as well. So Portland, you know, could be a team that sneaks in there as well, and that's what makes this season so exciting about the NWSL. Agreed. No, I completely agree with you on that one. Uh, FC Kansas City has been that quiet giant the last couple of years, so I'm, I'm curious to see what they're going to do because they're not – they don't blow you out of the water. They don't say, hey, we are better than – any of you, we're going to do whatever we want. No, they they do their job. They do a good job about it, and uh, you know we'll see what ends up coming from it. Honestly, so I'm I'm excited to see what they do. But as I mentioned, I, I want to see teams like Boston, like Sky Blue, that have been kind of the the lower half, the relegation zone, as you were, uh, and see what they can do 
going forward. Yeah, and you know, the great thing, as much as we say, well, there's only 10 teams, one of the cool things about a 10-team league is no matter where you finished last year, you can make a big jump in That's the standings. True. That is true, and I think that really uh, puts a puts it into perspective at times for some of these ladies, too, that are on these newer teams. Uh, speaking of putting things into perspective, <laughs> the U.S. Women's National Team continuing to assert themselves, saying, hey, guys, we're really good at what we do. And they, once again, they do that. They toppled Columbia 3-0, into a sold-out crowd over this last weekend in Pennsylvania. The team, no matter who lines up, no matter what happens, somebody's going to do well. And Tobin Heath and Julie Johnston have been really catalysts of that attack recently. They sure have, and this comes off of a 10-1 win over Columbia uh, just recently as well. And curious enough, that 10-1 that win actually got quite high ratings Mm-hmm. On uh, on U.S. soccer, I believe it was over six hundred thousand viewers, making it the most watched U.S. game of two thousand sixteen, even outpacing the men in their few games that I they've had. Them for that, no, the men haven't been fun to watch this year. Why would you watch those games? The women. It's a good point, Baxter. Yeah. Good point. I will always, if I have an opportunity to watch, unless it's USA Mexico, I'm going to ninety nine percent of the time choose a U.S. women's game to watch over a men's game. That's just how I'm at right now. Because the U.S. women play good, fun, exciting soccer. They do. And, yes, there's the argument that there's not as many good women's teams yes, out yes, there, yes, uh, which I get that. that. Yes. But we're just talking about the on-the-field product right now. Yeah. You know, I, I do watch every single men's game. And there's not as much controversy about who's going to be in the lineup. Right. Will the back four be the same? Not, who's well, going to be played out of position? Not only that, right. It's the players that are played out of position. Uh, speaking of which, there's a poll <laughs> on our website, if you haven't heard. Yes. <laughs> should your, when, when or should Jurgen Klinsmann be fired? Um, right but, now. But we're focusing on women's soccer right now. Sorry to... Pull away from Some that. Fun fact for real fast, and I, I feel bad saying this, but uh, Bob, uh, not Bob, Bruce Arena got asked the other day if he'd be, if he would consider doing the, taking the U.S. national team job again. He said, yeah. Yeah, and he also came out and said that he doesn't like to talk bad about another, about a current U.S. men's national team exactly. coach because it's like the the old the the former president talking bad about yep. the current commander in chief. But he did say, but to be time, honest with you, yeah. and he did say, but I will tell you, basically, I thought we'd be much farther ahead than where we're at. There are definitely. Missed potentials. I agree. Well done, Bruce. Way to frame well that in, yes. just, in just a way that only Bruce could but do. But what we don't see are missed potentials with the women's team. So, again, just barnstorming through. Uh, you had mentioned Tobin Heath, Julie Johnston. Yep. Just tearing it up for the women. Just fantastic players overall. And it's interesting, too, because you look at how some of these ladies do. In the national team level, they haven't played with their clubs in a while, so I'm curious to see how that success translates over a gal like Julie Johnston who plays for the Chicago Red Stars. She's going to have to be the catalyst for that team this, de- this season on defense. We'll see what she can do. Kristen Press, another catalyst as well for Chicago. Uh, but, you know, guys like Tobin Heath who go back to Portland, or, you know, or she's not at Portland now, is she? No, no, she is. She's still at Portland. Yeah, I'm thinking of Morgan Bryan. I'm, I'm mixing my young, talented, crazy uh, midfielders. Um, but, yeah, you look at these teams, though, and I feel like the, the U.S. women overall are in a place that really have asserted themselves as... The best overall. And I know that they're still in trying to figure out their uh, wage discrimination right now. I know Carly Lloyd has really been stepping out. Hope Solo's been stepping out more uh, in the beginning, or more so now than they did in the beginning. I think they were a little timid behind it in the beginning to see, well, are we going to have any support? And all these people have come out to support them. And now Hope Solo, almost every post that I've seen, at least on her Facebook, has something to do with wage discrimination, something to do with, you know, women deserve better, et cetera. And I'm like... Okay, I get it. We got we got the point there. The things sure. are they're rolling, but as you've mentioned, I found it was interesting too. I chatted with Peter Wild a couple of weeks ago, uh, just in a gathering that I saw him, and he said they signed the 
the CBA. That's true. That's a, that's, that's a great that's point. That's on them, you know, kind of a thing. Basically, well, and that's that's something that actually Landon Donovan had backhandedly mentioned as well, because yeah. he said, "Women, I support you." Remember, these are things you can hammer out in a collective bargaining yeah, agreement. Exactly, and that's the thing too. Like that's the biggest argument against them. Anytime you see somebody new post something, like I go through and I read the comments on it, or from a player or whatever, and people are like, "But you signed the CBAs, but you signed the CBAs." I'm like, "That's true, they did." So you you want equal pay? We want you know we live in a, a, a time where, especially with the highest product like the women are doing right now, they do deserve something like that. Well, and at the same time. Remembering this now is that yes, they signed the CBA, but they were actually there were there were almost legal things go there were legal things going on with the CBA as yes. well. No, I agree um, that they had not signed one for a number of years and that they were operating on an old one. Hmm. And in a way, it was also to protect themselves. Of you know, the U.S. Soccer could come, out, could come at them and say, "We don't have a signed agreement. We don't have to pay you for anything." Exactly. And so I don't it think is a rock. They wouldn't do place. that because they know I think they would lose a ton of money if they lost. If, they, if Carly Lloyd and some of these gals just up and said, "I'm done," like, well, that's one of the things on the table gonna, right now. Yeah, they know they're going to lose so much money. Though U.S. Soccer, if they lose some of their big names, they don't have. They're going to see a significant drop in revenue that they would bring in, especially with the Olympics right around the corner. Well, and that's what I was going to say is that that's been put on the table is they may boycott the women's team may yeah. boycott the Olympics, which would be crazy, especially after you taking the World Cup winners. You already don't, you already don't have Japan in this tournament to begin with as well, too. So you talk about high quality teams. If the U.S. drops out as well. That's going to just significantly take away from the entire women's Olympics as a whole, I feel like. Right. And now it's it's those specific women that can boycott, but the U.S. could still send a team. They could. But now you've got these young athletes who are going to go, wait, do I take this opportunity? Mm-hmm. Or you know, do I, is it solidarity where we yeah. don't go? But you look at, like you said, some of those younger gals. We've talked to, uh, to Sam Mewis on the show a couple of weeks ago, too, and you know she idolizes gals like Becky Sauerbrunn and stuff. Like You want to find favor in those ladies' eyes. But if you're, if you're a young gal, you get a chance, you're like, hey, you're going to be on the, the the 18 going down to to Rio. You know we've got a you know gals between the ages of basically 18 and 24 or whatever going down because we can't get some of these bigger things. Are you going to be shunned now by those those veterans? Be like, hey, you're a woman. You should stand up for yourself. You know. But at the same time, you're like, but my career. Olympics. Right. Well, you know, in the early days of MLS, there was a uh, there was basically a strike with the U.S. men's national team, mm-hmm. and one of the players who wasn't represented by the MLS players union that was strike one against him, mm. uh, but strike two was he chose to go with the U.S. team to whatever wherever they were playing. It was Mark Dodd of the former Dallas Burn. He was okay. a goalkeeper, sure, um, and he had mentioned about how. He was uncomfortable in not he was uncomfortable, but he was shunned in his locker room. He was shunned on the field. No, none of the players would shake his hand after games uh, because of those two it's things. Ridiculous. And it is it is a bit high schoolish. I kind of understand it, but most of me just thinks, come on, guys, everybody's got to make their own choices. I agree. No, I completely agree with you on that one. So we'll keep you informed as we hear more about what the women decide to do going forward. I know Carly Lloyd right now. She came out this week saying we are tired of being treated like second class citizens. If you look at the financial side, yes. They're treated like world-class superstars everywhere else from being paid, you know, with the terms of how they're being paid. But if you're Carly Lloyd, you have Nike in your back pocket as an endorsement. That's true. Yeah. So I think she's doing okay. But well, and that's, that is where you go, is Nike paying you the same amount that they're paying? Probably not. The men's soccer uh, mm. players, you know. If if so, okay, sure. she's, she's got a lot to stand on there. If not, well, let's be honest, there's perhaps a bit of hypocrisy there. I agree. All right, we're going to go to a break. When we come back, San Jose Earthquakes, Fatalia Lache will be here with us. Don't miss that interview. Back on 2 Up Front right after this.
Welcome back to Two Up Front. This is Simon. Got uh, Baxter had to step out of the studio for a bit. And I am here with a very special guest today, Fatai Alashe. Fatai of the San Jose Earthquakes, welcome to the show. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So, Fatai, you've got a pretty good start there with the uh, Earthquakes this season in MLS. But, of course, before the season started, you were dealing with an injury. Just wondering how you're doing with your recovery. Looks like it's going well, but uh, just like yeah. to get an update. Yeah, definitely. I'm doing doing a lot better now. Uh, you know, obviously it was a long preseason with the surgery and whatnot, but uh, I'm starting to get back into things. Uh, got to play in the last few games, so that was obviously really positive for us. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm starting to feel closer and closer to 100% every day. Um, I think one of my biggest things right now is just uh, being able to get my fitness back. I think I'm still a little, little short on that. You know, 90 minutes is tough still at this point for me, but... Uh, I think that's coming, and that's something that'll come over time as I continue, you know, working through these games and, and building that base. So uh, overall, it's gone pretty well, and uh, I'm excited to be back. If, I, if I'm looking at the stats right here, you've started uh, three out of the four games. Is that correct? Yeah. Awesome. So last season, you guys just missed the playoffs. You almost squeaked in there. Is that the goal this year, or is there, are there bigger aspirations for the Earthquakes? Um, I think uh, every every year we set our goals pretty high. I think uh, we don't just want to, you know, sneak into the playoffs. We want to go into the playoffs as a high seed, you know, possibly win the Western Conference uh, regular season. So I think uh, last year we were pretty close to, like you said, pretty close to sneaking into the playoffs. But this year we're definitely going to want to, you know, solidify ourselves into the playoffs as early as possible and, uh, you know, hopefully going with some momentum. Speaking of the earthquakes, you've got some history with them, not just with playing, but... You got the first goal ever at Avaya Stadium. <laughs> How cool is that to be, uh, you know, you'll always be linked to that historic moment. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, I think, uh, you know, it's one of the things that I didn't really realize at first. Uh, like, right when I scored the goal, I remember, you know, obviously I was happy because it was my first professional goal. But it wasn't until after the game someone mentioned, like, hey, you know, I was first goal in Avaya Stadium that I really thought about it. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. You know, that's history. That's something that'll, you know, always be remembered. Um, and I think, especially this past week with the 20th anniversary of MLS and uh, how important all that's been. And you kind of see, like, all this big talk around the history of things with the league, and it, it kind of opens up your eyes a bit to some of those cool achievements that uh, you don't really think about on a normal day. Yeah, it's crazy, Fatai. I've, I've actually been following the league since day one. I remember clearly Eric Winalda's goal for the – what, yeah. When they were the, then called the Clash, so it's it's yeah. pretty you know as a guy as a guy you know I'm my late thirties it's pretty awesome to see how the league has grown, but on top of that not just the growth of the league itself but to see young players like yourself you're only twenty two years old uh, excelling in this league it really you know it's a, an exciting thing to see. And speaking of speaking of being young, you, I'm just curious about this. You spent some time with the U twenty three Portland Timbers. And uh, just wondering if you ever had talks with them as far as coming into the league. Of course, you were drafted really high. You were fourth overall in the uh, Super Draft. But was there ever a conversation between you and the Timbers as far as trying to join up with them, perhaps as a homegrown player? Uh, no, I never talked to them about that. Um, never talked to them about anything at the draft. Um, and I kind of played there for my U23 time PDL in the summer between my senior and senior year in school. And then after that, that was... That was the end of it. I never, never really dove deeper into that, that route. Hey, speaking of college, so you played at Michigan State. I actually had an older brother that uh, played with Wisconsin, so I'm, it's always good to see oh. some Big Ten representation in the league. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
you and the you know you and the other Big Ten players ever talk about the of course the good old days for you are still just a couple of years ago but uh, yeah. <laughs> any any conversations off the field with all you know a bunch of players from Indiana of course in the league yeah yeah my uh, my roommate Tommy Thompson from the team as well uh, he actually went to Indiana and his freshman year was my junior year so we played against each other. Uh, in the Big Ten tournament final, and they actually beat us in that game. But we always go back and forth about whose team was better and whatnot because their record <laughs> that year is pretty bad. So I always give him give him stuff, and then he always brings up the Big Ten championship game. So it's, <laughs> it's a fun it's a fun back and forth between us, uh, especially since we live together now. So it's, it's it's crazy to to think back to stuff like that. He actually still has the game on tape, but I haven't I haven't sat down and watched it with him yet because I'm not sure if I'm ready for that. <laughs> 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 of course. <laughs> of course, Vitae, you also got to uh, wear the red, white, and blue for the Olympic team. You were called up in the January camp. Just curious about your experience. Um, obviously, you were injured for the second leg of the uh, of the Olympics, if I have that right. Um, but more curious more curious about your time in camp with Jurgen Klinsmann and what the future might hold for you with the U.S. national team. Yeah, so I actually, I never actually went to January camp. I, uh, I ended up getting surgery like a week after the camp started. So I had to uh, deny the call up and and hold myself out of it uh, in order to you know get myself ready sure. and be able to have surgery in time for the the earthquake season. Um, so that was a little bit disappointing. Obviously, you know you get an opportunity like that, you would like to you know at least be able to go and see what you can do, test yourself, you know, against some of the best players in the country. But um, that's something that uh, try to stay positive about, and you know, hopefully there will be more January camps out there for me to be able to go to and. Yeah, well, sorry to bring up a sore topic there. Of course, you were <laughs> just reading here as well that that you had to deny that uh, that call up, but still, what an honor to be you know wearing the red, white, and blue, and and at least Absolutely. be looked at for for that camp. And I'm, I'm pretty confident uh-huh. we'll we'll see you. I mean, it's you're a fun <laughs> player to watch, highly skilled. You know, you're a great, great, great example of an American player. Um, so I'd like to go back to the earthquakes here for a moment. We we kind of touched on this a little bit, but. What do you think the earthquakes have to do this year to to get over the hump, get in the playoffs, and perhaps, as you said, win the Western Conference title, and who knows, maybe MLS Cup this year? Yeah, um, I think we've definitely had a good start to the year so far. I think if we can continue doing some of the things that we're doing right now, uh, we should have no problem, you know, getting into the playoffs. It's just about you know, kind of maintaining that that level of play for throughout the year. You know, obviously it's a pretty long season, so you know you're going to have ups and downs. You're going to have you know, runs where maybe you're not winning too many games and then runs where you're winning a ton of games and you kind of got to keep in even keel throughout those uh, throughout those different stretches of the season. Um, I think if we can continue playing the way we are now, you know, trying to possess the ball a bit, um, you know, definitely looking to get some more, uh, sorry, create some more uh, attacking opportunities, I think we'll end up doing pretty well. All right. I, I got to ask you, too, how is it? You've got some international players on your team. Of course, Chris Wondolowski, the first one to come to mind. Um, Bingham's been getting called up as well, but you also got some other uh, international players on there. Um, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm blanking here. Uh, player from Honduras. Yeah, uh, Victor's on the team. Anibal. Yes. Uh, Alberto, all those guys. Simon Dawkins. Right, and of course. Of international guys. Yeah. You know, and Marvel Wynn as well has spent some time with the uh, yep. with the national team. Clarence, Clarence Goodson, yeah. Yep. Exactly. So, you know, what do you what do you learn from those guys when you're playing with them day in, day out, in training, game day, whatnot? Yeah, those guys. Those guys are all great players. I mean, I think there's a lot to learn from those guys. I think 
they're all very intelligent players. They're really smart. You know, you can tell that they they played a lot of big games over their years. Uh, I think the the biggest thing is just seeing the way that they train every day, the way they take care of their bodies, even after training. Uh, it's it's one of those things that's very important and something that you know is helpful if you learn from a young age and can kind of kind of build those habits early when you're young and then continue that throughout your career. I think uh, all those guys do a great job with that stuff. They're great professionals and, you know, definitely role models for all of us young guys. Well, that's a great note to end on, Fatai. Again, thank you for taking time to talk to us here on Two Up Front. Wish you the best with the MLS season. And uh, I'm hoping to actually get out there myself for the uh, MLS All-Star game. And perhaps <laughs> yeah, we'll see you there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you. Have a great day. All right, that was Fatai Alashe from the San Jose Earthquakes. Current young player, 22 years old, but already starting in MLS. Getting over an injury, as you heard him say, and a great honor to speak with him. So thank you again, Fatai Alashe, for coming out and speaking us to us at 2 Up Front. We'll take a break, and when we come back, we got some more exciting stuff to talk about. You are listening to 2 Up Front. Welcome back to another edition of Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. I'm Baxter Colburn. I'm Simon Provan. All right, Simon, let's take a look at back at the week that was in Major League Soccer. There was draws, there was draws, and there was a couple more draws, and then there were some really weird and stupid upsets that make us look foolish forever thinking about knowing a thing about the world of soccer. I really don't like Philadelphia. I'm going to just start right there with that. Philadelphia, they beat Orlando 2-1 to one this last weekend, but at the same time, we picked Orlando to win this game. We can't be mad about that free kick that won the game, ultimately, for Philadelphia. It was a beautiful, beautiful free kick. It was well-placed. If you, as a free kicker, free kicker, sure, that's a word, uh, you're told to put the ball where the goal is not. That's exactly what he did. He got a little help from the post. Still counts. Still a goal. Philadelphia emerges victory and victory, victorious. Victorious. I need to drink more coffee. There you go. Drink more coffee. You know, part of it, too, is, uh, of course, Orlando didn't have Kyle Lahren. Sure. You realize how much this team misses him when he's not on the field. Yes. You Unless know, he, he plays for Canada, then he's just we don't know if he's on the field. That's true. <laughs> God, he's so bad for Canada. It's so weird. Well, anyway. he's still young. You know, but he's still, still young. If you it, are well, a what goal he has scoring machine. What, what he has working in his favor is that he is young and he doesn't have the same talent around oh, yeah. him when he's on the Canadian uh, that national was team be my as next he does thing, on, yeah. in Orlando. He doesn't have Kikaha and those other Espanol guys helping him out. Uh, so, yeah, Philadelphia, they win 2-1. to one. I mean, what are we going to really say about it? Philadelphia, good for you. Neither of us chose you to win, but, you know, thanks for messing with us. <laughs> 
Montreal and... You sound a little bitter about never, this Never, never. I just don't like Philadelphia, and the fact that they continue to do good things just makes me mad. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Montreal, they beat Columbus 2-0. Things continue to go from bad to worse for Columbus. They still have yet to win a game this year. They are now the Seattle Sounders of this week, at least. Yes, well, Greg Berhalter did come out and say, kind of like... Uh, Aaron Rodgers, a couple of seasons with the Packers, when he spelled R E L A X to the fans, he said, "It's we're getting there, we're settling in. Are it's they? not as bad as it looks." Which it's bad. It's really bad. bad right now, Mister Burhalter. They are the worst team in the league. You have to be fairly bad. But how about this? Montreal getting goals from Hussan Kamara and Kyle Becker. Not yeah. everyday names. No, not even really, in this league. They really weren't. And I mean, going back and watching some of those highlights too, I was like, "Wow, interesting." You know, it's good to good to see some new guys get you know their feet wet and make a name for themselves. Because at the end of the day, if Drug was not doing well, or Doro's not doing well, Piatti, who's going to step up? And it was nice to see a couple new guys on the block get some goals. Gives you a lot of hope for the future. That's for sure. You're right. You no, know, you're absolutely right about that one. Yeah. Uh, so far, I mean, Montreal. One of the best teams to watch this season. One of the cleanest teams as well. They've only got eight yellow cards on them this season so far. Oh, boy. Unlike other teams, like FC Dallas, who's got 14 yellow cards. Or a specific player that we'll talk about later. Yeah. RSL, fun fact, three red cards this season so far. Really? Three red cards. Anyway, moving on from that, uh, then you go to my revolution, taking on Toronto FC. Did you get a chance to see the Kellen Roll goal? I did, yes. Yeah, yes. wow. First of all, the awareness from, I believe it was Watson, to put that ball where he did was absolutely incredible. So fantastic placement of the cross in Kellen Rowe, a leaping header. We'd been we'd been wondering, too, as Revolution people, uh, where Kellen Rowe has been. He's a right. young, talented, you know, outside guy. It's like, hey, where's he been? Is he still with the program? What's exactly happening? And then he showed up with that goal. So that was a great confidence booster for him. Fortunately, Sebastian Giovinco, he managed just hungry and hungry and hungry, and he just got a goal laid on in the game and finally was able to capitalize to draw the game level. Uh, although there was a controversial goal that uh, was disallowed because uh, the original ball that was played into the box, they said that the ref, from his glance, said the ball went out of bounds. Although, as we know, that plays... Uh, oh, wow. For those that we know that it played soccer, the hole of the ball has to cross the hole of the line. And off of different camera angles and different still shots and everything that has been taken, the ball did not cross the hole of the back line. And so the fact is that it, it was a real goal, but the ref... I mean, you're, you're only human. Split-second decision. Right. You, it looks like it. You know, the ball's flying around fast. It was knocked around quickly. Ref said the, got the assistant ref said it was out. You know, what are you going to do? What can you do? And it's, it's tough. You know, you got to... It all depends on your position where you're at. So you do have to. And he was give just a little, little behind the play too. Right. So his vantage point. But there was somebody that actually like drew it all out and like put a, like a 4D model of the field together, <laughs> basically, course. and was like, "Look, this was what happened. He was actually, you know, the ball did not go the, out." The of model balance. broke the space-time continuum. Basically, is what happened. Yeah. So I mean, we, we see that happen in soccer. But I mean, New England they didn't lose, so that's a positive. But at the same time, a win would have been really nice, especially especially against a struggling TFC team. One game that I think surprised a lot of folks, myself included, was the D.C. United versus Vancouver Whitecaps game. Uh, D.C., they only led 1-0 at halftime. They did, and end up winning this game 4 nothing, and deservedly so, uh, F- Fabian Espindola, named Player of the Week in MLS. Two goals. Uh, Sabario comes in, former RSL player, also gets two goals. So, yeah, D.C. ends up winning this thing 4 to nothing. 25 shots, 14 of them on target. Yeah, well, David Ousted really did a great job for most of the game. 
but then he kind of got hung out to dry he a couple did. of times. He did, and you almost played him for your fantasy team. I, I did, wish you would have. I did not. I know. I actually <laughs> ended up not signing him. Uh, I ended up going with some midfielders, I think, to to give me a little bit of extra ammo. Even though, overall, in fantasy this week, I only got 35 points. I wasn't wasn't thrilled by that. Uh, my highest scoring player was Quincy Ameriqua, which we'll get to in a moment. He had two assists, 10 total points for me this week. I did start Giovinco as my captain. And, and how that uh, work out for you? It worked out really well. I got 16 points there from you him. Go. I believe I ended up with 54 points in the round. But I'm, I'm still, so I'm you're still not, way I say, down I'm, there I only in dropped place. a second. Wow. Oh, yeah, 42 you, points. Yeah, I, I, I did horrible. But I'm setting myself up you're gonna for the next two weeks. Relax. So we'll, we shall you're see what happens. You're pulling the Greg to move right now. Just relax. Yeah, there's a reason I called my team I'm a loser on United. <laughs> Bring it on. Yeah, Keen is King only beat me out. He got a 70-point round, so he's only leading me in the table by one. Well, it makes you wonder how much did he set up just for this round, and now he's going to... Exactly. You know, yeah, that's this that's coming the thing week, with the double weeks. Exactly. This coming week for MLS Fantasy is the double week for uh, a lot of teams. I think six or seven teams play uh, multiple games this week. It's going to be a lot of fun to keep an eye on, so go and stack your guys and uh, captain one of them as well. Don't forget to captain. That's captain, right. Captain. captain. Yes. Captain. Captain, captain. All right. Uh, Sporting Kansas City, they put a beat down on the New York Red Bulls. The Red Bulls continuing to look like underwhelming. Columbus. Yeah, they look like Columbus. They just don't look very exciting right now. Sporting Kansas City, though, Dom Dwyer, no matter who you look, this team is finding options, and they they look they look good, honestly. Yeah, you know, I will give Jesse Marsh credit. He came out this week and said, I'm sticking with Bradley Wright Phillips. He's, he's going through a tough time, but you don't just pull a player of that caliber. You... You try to allow him to get his goals. And, Find his you know, rhythm, his chi, his something. They, he's one of those players that once he gets one goals, they're going to start pouring in. It's just the fact of when is that goal going to actually that's right. happen. You know? That's right. That's, that's the big thing right now is to see when it's going to happen. Uh, if you're, you're sporting Kansas City, you've got to be happy. You sit uh, atop the Western Conference with 12 total points. You've got a plus-four goal differential as well. They've only lost one game in their five games. Yeah, and Dom Dwyer is having a great season, unlike Bradley Wright Phillips. Um, sporting is sporting is the team that we thought we'd see last season. Yes. And they're finally uh, getting everything together. Um, but, yeah, man, if you're the Red Bulls, it's it's tough times. And, you know, the Red Bulls, obviously those those fans out there in Jersey, they're fickle. You wonder Ooh, how, yeah. how long they – I mean, this was a home game. They lose 2-0. wasn't very pretty for them. How long do the fans keep coming out? Or what, are, are the Red Bulls going to be the first team in two or three seasons to get less than 10,000 fans at a game? Well, I mean, Red Bull Arena is a beautiful venue, so I don't it know. It is. We'll it see. Is. There's different ways you can entice fans in. But, yeah, going back to Dwyer, though, he's got three out of the team's seven goals so far this season. He is fifth overall in the in – the, uh, the the golden ball race mm-hmm. right now and mm-hmm. who who but who's the number one the the best U.S. men's national team product ever Chris Wondolowski four goals so far this season out of the team seven speaking of Wondolowski and the San Jose Earthquakes uh, they played a very interesting game uh, they drew two two with FC Dallas uh, FC Dallas got a gift late on in that game though after an own goal was scored. Uh, that kind of canceled out the the dominance that FC da- or that San Jose had done. But good, uh, good play, though, from Fabian Castillo and Mauro Diaz for FC Dallas to really drive home that last uh, own goal, basically, for, for the team. So overall, though, San Jose, Quincy Americo, he got two assists on the weekend, a very unselfish player, somebody that I grabbed in fantasy this last weekend as well. So if you're looking for a guy that's going to try to score goals but is not afraid to pass the ball as well, it's a good guy to get. He's not very expensive as well. I think I paid $7.6 million for him. And uh, he was my highest scoring player this last uh, week. Just to clarify, Diaz was not in this game. He's not st- Diaz. He's there was too. a different Diaz, I think, then, because I heard the name 
Diaz. Maybe uh, uh, Gruzo. Is that maybe who you maybe. heard? I don't know. Yeah, Diaz is injured, so uh, so don't oh, play Mar- him. It was Mario Rosales. That's who it was. Okay, I heard it was oh. Mario, and I, I heard the Mario part, and I think my brain autocorrected to Diaz, not Mario Rosales. <laughs> right, right. Well, it's easy. I mean, he's a great player for FC yeah. Dallas, so it's easy to make that mistake. Other scores we got here, Baxter. RSL uh, beating Colorado. Yeah. Yao Plata just doing what a forward is supposed to do. He followed the ball. There was miscommunication in the back. And uh, he did this. Did you see the dance moves that he put on after the fact? It was Yes, I did. Kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> kind of weird. Reminded I'll tell you me. what. Uh, Plata has been on fire this season, though. He's, he's, he's somebody that, man, I wish I would have picked up right away at the beginning yeah, of the season. Four goals this season so far out of the team's nine. And Colorado's been a good team this season. So uh, first first win in the Rocky Mountain Cup derby goes to RSL 1-0 over Colorado. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what exactly comes out of that. Uh, you know, right now, Yao Plata, if a guy in fantasy, if you're thinking about going and getting a forward, if you want to spend a little bit of money, that's actually been consistent. Yes. Not a bad guy to go and get. Um, I might think about him in the coming weeks, depending on what some of my other guys do, depending on what Kyle Aaron and some of those other folk do if he comes back from injury or not. Uh, Houston and Seattle, I got a chance to watch about 20 minutes of this game as I was in the airport waiting to get back uh, to Wisconsin here. And uh, I didn't see the last the goal from uh, from Chad Marshall. I heard it uh, sent Seattle into a doozy, though, that they were thrilled by the, the header that he scored. But it was it was it was uh, basically a lot of ping pong going on. Uh, and, and just uh, right yeah. place, right time. Right place, right. Well, he. He he got in there and, and put that ball in the back of the net when he should have, but it was right before the final whistle. So talk about a heartbreak for the Houston Dynamo. Yeah, and they were really looking forward to to doing you know getting back to their winning ways as well. But uh, either way, though, good good job for Seattle, I guess. If you want to say something nice about them, they're trying to continue to get back on the right track and uh, getting a draw at a place you know against a team like Houston is a good good thing to wait good yeah. way to do it yeah Houston has been Houston's playing quite well this season so they are um, it, was a, it was a good it was a good draw for Seattle that's the type of game that can actually send you into a nice winning streak I or agree. at least unbeaten streak exactly uh, speaking of uh, unbeaten on un, winning on everything basically NYCFC and Chicago played a Boring, meaningless game. Uh, they drew 0-0. Uh, NYCFC had really hoped for an opportunity to steal a victory against a struggling Chicago team, uh, but that ended up not being the case in this game. I have nothing to say about this game, Baxter. <laughs> 19 total shots for uh, for the fire, it looks like. No, 19 shots for NYCFC to Chicago's 8. Uh, they controlled the possession. They looked like the better team overall. And they just uh, couldn't do it. Nope. Just couldn't do it. No, couldn't do it. Uh, the game that we do need to talk about. Yes. Galaxy in Portland. Not for the 1-1 draw. Not for the Nat Borcher's own goal. <laughs> but because oh, every man. every fear that we had about Nigel DeYoung, or is it DeJong? I think it's DeYoung. Sure. Came to take place in this game. It was a clean tackle. <laughs> So it wasn't. before this game, interesting, Stu Holden was talking about on Fox Sports 1 about yep. how Nigel came up to him before the game, actually sought him out and apologized for basically ending his career. Yeah, which is very commendable. Right. So then he goes out and does a, a shameful tackle on Darlington Nagby, who now is sprained. He's out for at least one game, maybe longer. Yeah. Uh, De Jong comes out and says, well, no, I, I really was going for the ball. But when you watch this replay... He picks up his foot, and he stomps down on Darlington Nagby. Yeah, it's uh, one of those situations where you... But look, here's the deal. Yeah. When when this signing happened, 
both of us had said this is terrible. This is this is not the type of player the league needs. No. Other people came out and said, well, you know, let's give him let's give him a chance. This is what happens when you give a player like this a chance. He goes out and injures. It doesn't matter if it's one of the best players or one of the worst players. It just happens to be one of the best players and uh, one of the best midfielders in the league. And I'm not just saying that because Nagby's a Timbers player. No, I know. I'm I, saying I agree. That no, I, I completely agree. Because it was disgusting. One. It was. No, I, I. it was very disgusting. It was one of those things for the league that you sit there and you're like, hmm, why did we do that? You know why? I mean, but you're not going to tell a player no, you know, unless he had like a, a huge off-field incidents. Like there's certain things like your league can't deny a player like DeYoung. Yes, he's a dirty player, but he hasn't like killed somebody. He hasn't done anything off the field that would be like, but we killed, don't want you. he's killed a couple of careers. He has, yes. But, but actually, to I'm the... going to take issue with that. Okay. The, the owners, the way this league is set up, yes. the owners actually can say no to a player. Oh, well, that is interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. Hmm. But why would you say no from MLS perspective if you're trying to build the international audience and bringing in a guy like De Jong where he's Which, known around the world? I understand. And you know what my reply is going to be is, yeah, you might bring him in to build the league, but meanwhile he's destroying players. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stu Holden's ACL and everything else are like, stop! But here's the here's the other issue with it. Now, Alex Chapman, who was the center ref for this game, yep. he, he is one of my favorite refs in MLS, yeah. and I think he's one of the better ones. Yep, we've talked about him before. He sees this happen. He's right there. How does he not give a red card? For this incident. Well, one of the things we've talked about many times, and we joke about it, we always go back to the NFL as well, about what's a catch in the NFL. What's a red card in, in, in soccer nowadays? Across all, all facets. And that's one thing I'll say is MLS refs have been doing a good job with being a bit consistent with yeah. their red cards. So how with this season specifically, how this one ended up just being a yellow is beyond me. And you know what made it even more upset is how after the play... Nigel picks up the ball saying, I got the ball. I got the ball. Yeah. But you go back and watch it. You know, if if you're gonna if you're gonna sit there and say you're sorry to Stu Holden beforehand, well, and I don't then, think and he, have this I don't happen. think he went out though knowing that he was gonna try to destroy. No, but my point is you you know what you did in that moment. Sure. Now don't try to oversell it that you got the ball first. I agree. I'm no, just saying the timing of it. The timing of it was, uh, of course, yeah. Ridiculous. And I've I've been the victim of that before in terms of the one that's committed the foul because I've got long legs. I've got size 13 feet. I've clipped a couple, you know, hundred people in my days and gotten those yellow cards and fouls called on me, even though in my mind and I, I probably understand what DeYoung was doing, saying, "Look, I was going for the ball. I never meant to hurt anybody." Or you, you you clip the ball barely, but you get more of the player's foot or leg or whatever, and then that's what the ref sees. Yes. My rebuttal to that with this specific situation is how many times do you say, Hey, I was I was I was just going for the, I wasn't going out to injure somebody. There's certain I mean, there's certain times like we've seen guys like Jermaine Jones wreck somebody. Like that was on purpose. Mm-hmm. I don't think the young was purposely trying to take a guy out like Nagby. I'm gonna disagree with you on okay. this one. I just I just don't feel like that was his intent going into it, into that situation, like I'm gonna just train wreck Nagby right here, get the ball. I think his team was already winning at that point. Why would you go why would you No, they were losing. Were they Portland losing at that? Up. Oh that's yeah. right, you're right. So But nevertheless even still though you, how how do you continue to be that reckless of how do you not know how to control your body anymore? At that an, age, but he's an older guy, that though, at that point, though. I mean, that's the thing well, that's about, the retire- about the retirement league, though, too, at that spot. Yeah, you can look at it from that aspect and be like, well, he's an older guy. He's not as good as he used to be. But even still, when he was as good as he used to be, too, he just he still liked to do it. And some guys, and I, I've played with different players you know, throughout my career as well, too, that they're just always hard hitters, no matter what. They're just yeah, going to hit well, you. This is what I'm saying is, to me, there's a difference between a hard hitter and a dirty player. Sure. And to me, he he is a dirty player. That's it. Okay. 
Yeah, interestingly enough, too, I mean, you look at the teams across uh, MLS, too, in terms of, like, who are the the dirtiest teams, I guess, as we've been looking, especially with all the red cards that have been going on this season as well, too. Uh, as I mentioned in, briefly in passing, RSL, nine yellow cards, three red cards so far this season. DC United has 14 yellow cards. Colorado has 14 yellow cards. Vancouver and New England both have 10 and 9, respectively. So the cards are getting handed out in an abundance, but it's just trying to find the right teams and which teams actually uh, are very aggressive overall, though. And looking at both home and away right now, LA is not in the top five in either category of foul, of cards dished out. So take that for what it's worth. Sure. Well, there should be another red card on that stat that wasn't handed out. <laughs> well, we, we talk about that weekly, though, in terms of, uh, you know, what's a red card, what's a yellow card. I mean, we need to come to a common ground, I feel like, in the league. But it's so hard, though, too, at a at a quick moment. I mean, L.A., though, they have had 11 yellow cards issued to them so yeah, far this well, season. Yeah, well, the one thing I go back to is we've seen plenty of studs-up tackles that have been given red cards already this season. Yeah. And that was one of the league mandates. It doesn't get much more studs-up than this. <laughs> I agree. You know, so. No, I completely agree with you on that one. Deong, he's got two yellow cards on the season so far. Uh, Van Dam, he's got three. So you can see some of the the guy, the new guys that have been brought in that are trying to figure out the league yeah. have been the most yeah. penalized so far for a team like L.A. Well, they got to curb their uh, rough play. Yes. I would say. Although I think it's fitting the guy with the last name of Van Dam has that many <laughs> cards. Oh, Van Dam. So, yeah, overall, though, it was a bad week for us in predictions. So we both went one and nine. So, with that being said, uh, we I, I improved to eighteen and thirty-eight on the year. You improved to seventeen and thirty-nine on the year. Can we call that an improvement, or is that uh, I think statistically it's actually uh, yeah, we didn't do that good <laughs> overall. So we look ahead to this week. Thirteen total games going on this week. It's yes. an MLS bevy. Three games taking place tonight, the day of recording on Wednesday. Uh, so by the time you hear this on Friday, there will be a couple in the bag. So uh, looking across the board, we'll start with Sporting Kansas City and Colorado. Simon, who are you starting with? I'm going with Sporting Kansas City on this one. It's okay. at home in Sporting at, in uh, in Kansas City, Kansas City, Kansas. By the way, yes. And uh, after the well, not the beatdown, Colorado just they're doing well in their midfield. They're doing well in their defense. They got to figure out the last third. Sure. No, I agree with you on that one. Yeah, uh, SKC's got my vote on this one as well. I think they are playing at another level right now and uh, probably the hottest team in MLS right now. Portland and FC Dallas, what about that? Yeah, I've got, even though this game's in Portland, they're they're dealing with injuries. I've got FC Dallas, who's also dealing with injuries. Yeah. But I, I, got the, uh, I got the old burn. The old burn? I'm feeling the burn of Dallas. Ah, there we go. For, the, uh, for this game. I'm feeling the burn of FC <laughs> Dallas. Oh, good. If everybody shows up to the game, we will win the game. Good, good. Well done, FC Dallas. Yeah, I've got FC Dallas winning this game, too. I listen to too much talk radio. I've heard Bernie's voice way too many times. I don't like it. It's basically what he sounds like, though. Game three, San Jose and the Red Bulls. I have San Jose winning this yeah, game. Yeah, I've got San Jose as well. Do the Red Bulls, They, I mean, Red Bulls are one of the teams this week that have a double. Same with Portland as well. Um you always wonder about the early week games, how that translates sure. to the rest of the week, especially right. depending on who they play. And some of these teams that have doubles this week have a brutal schedule, too, depending on who you look at. Portland being one of those teams. They play San Jose and FC Dallas. Yes. Yep. Both of those games are home, though, so they have that on their side. Right. But it still makes you wonder, you know? Yeah, and you've got Kowarsi in the back, but you still are without uh, Ridgewell. You're still... So, you know, Borchers doesn't have his partner in crime. Now they're obviously dealing with a uh, Nagby 
uh, you know, Nagby less midfield is what I'm trying to say. Yes. So Portland's just got a lot that they're dealing with to uh, to try to win any of these games. I agree. So yeah, we both have San Jose beating out the Red Bulls, Houston and LA. You're going with who in this one? I've got Houston. This is at home in Houston. Houston's been playing well. LA is still actually dealing with a number of injuries. Yes. So I'm I'm picking the Dynamo. On okay. This one. Uh, I'm going to go with LA on this one. I think they are on a better level right now. I know that we keep talking about, you know, well, we'll see who shows up. We'll see what happens. LA's only got one game this week. Uh, Houston does as well. But uh, LA against Houston, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that they get the right guys on the field that you know, we can kind of move past this De Jong thing and we can just move forward and LA can get a much-needed victory right now with their season, the way it's been going. Uh, Chicago and Montreal, traditionally a game that nobody cares about with Montreal, though playing the way they have been, a game you want to at least give a look at. Because of how well they've been playing. Yeah, although, uh, you know, Chicago's goalkeeper, uh, it's not Sean Johnson. I'm blanking right now. Sure it Anyways, is. Uh, well, he, I mean, he usually is. But he's out right now. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, uh, their, their backup's been playing incredibly well. You saw the shots that he handled against New York City FC. I'm going to go with a draw on this one. Interesting. Okay. Um, I've got Montreal winning this game. I think that uh, because we saw a couple other guys get on the score sheet this last week and really prove that anybody's capable of scoring in Montreal. And Chicago also doesn't have a turf field. So Drogba will hopefully be playing oh, this week right. also. That's true. Uh, I like Montreal taking the victory in this one. D.C. United and Toronto FC. Traditionally, I don't like D.C. United, but in this sense, I'm going to try to ride the wave for a little bit if I can with them and uh, pick them to beat Toronto this upcoming game. How about you? Yeah, who do I have here? I've got uh, I've got TFC. I think um, that's one of those deals. I'm not a believer in D.C. United. I'm actually not a believer in either of these clubs. Baxter, i got to change my pick. i got to go with a draw on oh, this one. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. go with a draw. That's fine. Uh, just as I sit here and reason through all of this. D.C. looked fantastic this last game. Um, what, who was it they beat? Vancouver? Yeah, 4-0. Yeah, Vancouver hasn't looked good, so I don't know how much stock to put in that. True. That that win this yeah, week. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that one. Uh, NYCFC and Columbus. Uh, I'm gonna try to go with Greg Berhalter this week and just see if that's something that he can. Uh, if they, if I feel like Columbus has a ch- an opportunity to beat a struggling NYCFC. Team. I agree with you. I got Columbus in this one too. Okay, Colorado and the Red Bulls. This I'm, is oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, uh, no. Interesting pick. Um, again, I, I talked about how Colorado's got things pretty much figured out in the back. They've yeah. got things figured out in the midfield. Marco Papa's having a great season. It's that forward position. Powers, by the way, is also a, a nice fantasy pickup for, yep. for those of you playing fantasy. Um, it's the final third, but I think Colorado has a better chance in this than New York does, so I'm, I'm going with Colorado. Mm. I'm going to take a draw this week, actually, for those two teams. I know it doesn't happen very often that I pick draws, but uh, Colorado and Red Bulls, because they're both kind of struggling at the moment, I think this could be a game where Maybe we do see a Bradley Wright Phillips score a goal, but then a Marco Papa or somebody for Colorado equalize late for them. Uh, RSL in Vancouver. RSL, maybe aside from SKC, the hottest team in the league right now. Yes. Probably is. And uh, going up against a Vancouver team that really only has David Ousted right now because Pedro Morales, some of those other guys, haven't shown up recently. So I've got RSL winning this game. I do as well. Yeah, Vancouver's not been looking good. Of course, you got Plata. That's just yeah. on fire. How do you argue against a guy like Cal Plata? Yeah. You know, he's doing fantastic so far for them, and uh, RSL is my, my, no, my no concern pick of the week, basically. <laughs> uh, this next game, though, is interesting. Seattle and Philadelphia. 
Seattle coming off a late draw, so you thought maybe they might be revitalized going forward. Which, by the way, I went back and reviewed, reviewed the film. Uh, Chad Marshall scored with his right foot, not not with his head. Okay, that well, I thought game. it was his head for some yeah. reason. Maybe not. Well, it's because it's Chad Marshall. You expect him exactly. To yeah, score maybe with that's his head. why. And then uh, Philadelphia, they're coming off a two-one victory over Orlando as well, off a great free kick. Uh, with that, I hate doing this, but I'm going to take Philly in this game as my my upset. For yeah, the week. yeah, I'm I'm actually going with a draw on this one too. I, Seattle, I think this last game is going to propel them a bit forward, but Philly's looking really good right now. So, again, I'm looking at this as a bit of a wash, so taking the draw. And you have to look at it, too, from the fact that Philly's coming from the East Coast all the way to Seattle and the West Coast as well. Some tired legs long, maybe long might trip. play some, uh, a factor into that as well. Portland and San Jose, the second of their two game a series this week uh, for Portland. They play FC Dallas, as we mentioned tonight, mm-hmm. Wednesday, and they take on San Jose. San Jose is going to give them a lot of trouble now, especially with no Nagby in the midfield. What do you think about it as a, as a Portland yeah, fan I've looking got, at this? I, I've got San Jose taking this one. Okay. Uh, you've got Chris Wondolowski, who is, who's been very consistent with his goals. America has been great with uh, feeding him those balls. The rest of the team's looking really good. Um, Portland is looking poor. Traditionally, this time of year, they don't do well. Uh, i got to go with San Jose. Yeah, and actually, I had originally had a drawdown for this one, but I actually am going to switch it to San Jose as well, just because looking at it more so and thinking about the, the dumpster fire right now that is the Portland Timbers midfield, because they don't really know what's going on, the miscommunications in the back line for the defense as well. It opens up a team that's smart, like San Jose, to really nitpick and swing their way through there, I feel yeah, like. I'm interested to see what Porter does with his formation. I don't think he can stick with the 4-3-3 without Nagby there anymore. I think he, he'll probably have he'll probably either do maybe like a 3-2, uh, what is that, 5-1? Something uh, like that. Yeah, i, I, I got to believe he's going to be, or is it 3-2-4-1 is what it would be. Um, or maybe he does a 3-5-2. Huh. Well, we'll see yeah, what happens. We'll see. we'll see. Orlando and the Revs quickly. I've got the Revs going down to Orlando for their victory. Orlando strong at home. The Revs are a strong team right now. I'm going with the draw. Okay. And then the big game that I'm sure all eyes will be on, FC Dallas and Sporting Kansas City. Duking it out, I've got Dom Dwyer and the boys of SKC taking home the victory. And I see this ending the same way that the FC Dallas-San Jose game did with a draw. Interesting. An own goal, maybe. Maybe. Hopefully not. Matt Beasler. <laughs> All right, we're going to go to a break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the show. We'll do some power rankings, some I believes, and uh, whatever else happens. On to Upfront. Back right after this on Sports Radio America.
Back at it here on Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. I'm Baxter Colburn. This is Simon Provan. All right, Simon, let's look at some power rankings before we ship off for another week of exciting soccer action all across the world. Power rankings. Who'd you have last week, real quick, through your top five? Through my top five, I had uh, Orlando City, number one, FC Dallas, number two, Houston, number three, RSL, number four, and the Revs, number five. Mm, interesting. And uh, me last week. Yeah, me last week. That's good English, Baxter. Wow, why am I in broadcasting? I had the Revs at five, SKC at four, RSL at three, Orlando at two, and FC Dallas at one. And now it's entirely different this week. It is. Actually, as I'm sitting here, Baxter, I may have to make a quick change. So why don't you start with... Okay, I'll start with my number five five. team. It pains me to put this team here at number five, as you all should probably know who it is at this point, the Philadelphia Union. They're looking good. They're they're looking good, and it's hard to really argue against them right now. And uh, they they haven't been in my power rankings at all this season, but I'm finally starting to admit at least a little bit that this team is on the up and up. Yeah, I agree with you. Actually, I had them in at my number five, and I thought, you know what? I had Houston at number three. Hmm. I can't drop them too much. Late goal to tie their game up against Seattle. Otherwise, they looked really strong in that game. So I'm taking Houston. Not taking Houston. Houston's my number five team. Okay. Uh, I will say this, though. Orlando City is completely out of my power rankings. Same with me. You lose to Philly. Philly moves up. Orlando drops. Well, and these are power rankings. And, again, without Laren, that... Orange, Orange County. Orlando City team uh, is not as powerful. I agree. I completely agree with you on that one. We both have the same number four team, uh, the Montreal Impact, after after their nice 2-0 victory over Columbus last week, proving that this team offensively has the weapons to go forward and uh, beat a team. Even though Columbus right now is not playing the way that they used to, they still have the same amount of players that are talented. They just haven't been able to put it together. But that's also why I'm keeping Montreal at, uh, not keeping them, but I'm putting them at number four and not sure. even higher because it was Columbus. That's true. they beat this last week. That is true. My number three team is Sporting Kansas City. They were my four team last week. I've bumped up to number three. It's so hard between my one, two, and three teams. <laughs> Same here. Because they're all playing really, really good football right now. They all are in the Western Conference, and they're all fighting for that top spot as well. But I think after we see FC Dallas and SKC play this weekend, that'll give us a little bit clearer picture going forward of who one of the top teams is in the league right now. Yeah, and I have uh, I have RSL as my number three because they're starting to pick up steam. I, I can't just put them up into that number one spot just sure. yet, but uh, I won't be surprised if I do. At the same time, they are undefeated, so maybe I am underrating them a little bit, but uh, I've been accused of worse. <laughs> That is true. You've been accused of much worse. (laughs) But we still love you for it regardless. Um, All right, looking up the ladder a little bit farther, FC Dallas is uh, both of our number twos, actually. Uh, As we mentioned, though, I need to see just a little bit more out of FC Dallas. The fact is that they drew that last game against San Jose because of an own goal, which means they were losing, which means a team like San Jose might make an argument to be in the power rankings. But at the same time, that showed FC Dallas was able to still put San Jose in a bad position to force that own goal as well. Exactly. They battled back. And Dallas is on a uh, four-game unbeaten streak, so i got to take that into account. And, again, with not having Diaz in there but still drawing with a team like San Jose, keep them up there because they, they're, they're figuring things out without some of their star players. I agree. Uh, my number one is a team that has been dancing and dancing and dancing. That is RSL, like Yael Plata. He's number one. RSL's number one. They jump up from three to one in my power rankings this week. But honestly, that line between one and three in my power rankings is razor thin. And uh, honestly, I mean, 
that just RSL just happened to be the team this week for me that I gave number one. Yeah, you know, it's I'm kind of arguing with myself here too because Sporting Kansas City was undefeated until they played Real Salt Lake. Yeah. Uh, losing that game 2-1. to one. But they did come back with that nice 2-0 win over the Red Bulls. Again, who are the Red Bulls right now? I'm not really sure, but that was an away game. So I like to see that the strong bounce back that Sporting had, which is why I put them at my number one spot this mm, week. Very interesting. But as you said, it's a raise. It's more like A1 and AB. It really is right now. Those AD, top A2. <laughs> A1 and B1. Oh, oh my God. Are we at the end of our show yet? Because I feel I like I think I'm... we are very close to it. If not, we should be at the end. We'll, we'll cut it early this week. Holy cow. You'll just edit that out of there, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> fix it in post. No big deal. I won't fix it. Anyway, uh, so let us know your thoughts about it. Uh, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter uh, at 2UpFront on Facebook, 2UpFront Soccer on Twitter as well. Uh, let us know what your power rankings are as well. And uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. So, uh, time for some I Believe, Simon? Yeah, it's time for some I Believe. Cool. Speaking of I Believe We Will Win, there's some nice gambling going on in San Antonio. Yes. So, the Spurs Sports and Entertainment Group, who finally... God, I'd hate to have a lisp to be a part of that organization. (laughs) Spurs Sports and Entertainment Group. Yes, two up front where we make fun of people in their <laughs> speech impediments. <laughs> I'm a bad person. I'm sorry. <laughs> Anyways, As you partner, are. Um, they made a deal with the city of San Antonio. Yes. If you haven't read about this, so they, they do have their brand new USL club. But what they've done is basically threw in the, not threw in the cards, but they threw in, they went all in if we're talking uh, Texas Hold'em. See how I did that? San hey, Antonio, Texas this Hold'em. Guy. Uh, that they would start a USL franchise with the express intent of entry to MLS within the next six years. If they don't get into MLS in the next six years, they have to pay a substantial penalty, undisclosed, but a sub- substantial penalty to the city and county. Hmm. So, But I believe that San Antonio will be the next city that gets an MLS Well, team. well San Antonio's been rumored for a couple of seasons now that they were going to... Get a team. Well, look at the Scorpions had a fantastic following mm-hmm. at their eight thousand seat stadium, which I've been there. It is. Yeah. It, it's it's a world class lower division stadium. Yeah. So I'm not saying it's world class like some of the MLS stadiums. Yeah. Are. Yep, I'm just absolutely. saying for what it is, it's a, it's a pretty awesome stadium. Exactly. And there was eighty three hundred people that came to San Antonio's opening game. You know, they, yeah. they, I've got a friend that's interning right now with San Antonio, and uh, she's been saying that it's just incredible. Well, I, I think this is a smart move by the ownership group to say, uh, hey, MLS, look what we're doing. We're even, we're even gambling to exactly. do this. And they're USL, too. You know, they didn't, like, put it all into, like, we want to be an ASL. No, they want to be an MLS team, so they know that USL is the proper route to go At to this make point, yes, because they were an NASL team before, mm-hmm. the, uh, before this coming season. Yes. Here. I'm, so, e- I'm excited. I'm excited to see what San Antonio does, honestly. Uh, yeah, and with the, way, with the way the game has grown, I think uh, tech, I mean, Texas is big enough that they can have You can have teams. seven teams in yes. Texas. They would never see each other, honestly. Uh, so for me, for, for my, I believe, uh, I believe that this upcoming season of NWSL will be uh, a landmark one for them. I, I believe we will see a different champion than uh, FC Kansas City. What about regular season? Do you think Seattle Rain repeats or... <sighs> They're bringing back most everybody, but uh, they're not going to have Megan Rapino for a little bit of it. So uh, we'll see if that plays a factor early on for them once uh, she comes back from her injury. We'll see. All right. Well, uh, this has been another exciting edition of Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. Remember, Fridays, 2 to 5 Eastern Time on SportsRadioAmerica.com and on the TuneIn app. You can listen to us. 
And you can follow us on social media as well, Simon. Well, you can. On Facebook, we are 2UpFront. Just search 2UpFront in that little search field there on Facebook. We'll pop up. Make sure to give our page a like. We're increasing those, and we'd love to see more of them. Yeah. We are on Twitter at 2UpFrontSoccer, at Baxter Colburn, at Simon Provan. Yes, indeed. Special thanks to San Jose Earthquakes' Fatalia Lache for stopping by and spending some time with us. We've got some exciting news to get to in the next couple weeks, and we are excited to uh, see where 2UpFront continues to grow. Thank you to all of you that have tuned in on Sports Radio America. And remember, you can get the show on demand as well on their site uh, after it airs on Fridays. They've got a little thing if you go to our, our show page on, two, on yep. Sports Radio America. And what time does it air on Fridays? 2 to 5 p.m. Eastern Time. That's the number 2-5 p.m. <laughs> on SportsRadioAmerica.com. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell anybody that loves the beautiful game. And even if they don't, we might be able to convince them to like it. Absolutely. All right. He's Simon Provan. I'm Baxter Colburn with our manager being the one above. We are two up front. The sweet aromas of the apple fritter, cinnamon roll, and blueberry muffin are hard to resist. So making it the rest of the way home without reaching in your McDonald's bag is no easy task. But nothing worth doing is easy. Wake up and pair any one of these sweet, fluffy, frittery bakery treats with a McCafe iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The sweet aromas of the apple fritter, cinnamon roll, and blueberry muffin are hard to resist. So making it the rest of the way home without reaching in your McDonald's bag is no easy task. But nothing worth doing is easy. Wake up and pair any one of these sweet, fluffy, frittery bakery treats with a McCafe iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. ba ba ba